Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard, Denard Robinson, Timonga Bianca Batuka, from Yost to Arbaugh, passed down from generation to generation, Michigan football has stood the test of time. What's that feeling you get when you catch your first glimpse of the big house? When you hear, and take the field. When you see the team emerge from the tunnel, sprint across the field, and touch that famed M-Go Blue banner. Saturdays in the fall, tailgates with friends and family, favorite players, favorite teams, and unforgettable moments. A lifetime of memories. College football in 2020 may be unique, but it has arrived at the corner of Stadium and Main, which is where you can find Michael Spath and Justin Rowe sharing their analysis, their stories, and their emotions about this year's Wolverine. This is the Stadium and Main podcast. Presented by Kapnick Insurance Group, Wolverine State Brewing Company, and Lewis Jewelers. Welcome to the Stadium of Maine podcast. I am Justin Rowe, joined by my co-host, Michael Spath. Mike, it is Monday, January 11th, and it is the National Championship Day. So not a great day for Michigan fans as they'll have to watch their, uh, their rival Buckeyes. Uh, in the national championship against Alabama, but still, I'm excited just to watch, uh, you know, a great football game. I think it'll be high scoring. The uh, the over under, I believe, is in the 70s somewhere. It's yeah. uh, it's unusually high. So I'm excited to watch some football. How are you doing? I'm great, man. It was a it was a good weekend of NFL playoff action, which we can uh, talk a little bit about. Probably not spend a whole bunch of time on. Um, and no, the national championship game is tonight. You've got, you know, great quarterbacks between Mac Jones and uh, Justin Fields and uh, terrific wide receivers and skill players and the running backs, Najee Harris and Trey Sermon. Yeah, I mean, we're all kind of expecting like this uh, 42-35 game. Uh, they like to say, well, when you expect something like that, it doesn't happen. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I do expect a lot of scoring. That's just the nature of college football uh, today is, is offense trumps defense. Uh, as we have discussed um, ad nauseum on this podcast with Will Heinegger. And so uh, very much looking forward to it. And yeah, today we're, we're going to talk about um, the big news since, since our last podcast is that uh, Jim Harbaugh has uh, finally signed his contract extension. Uh, we'll pay him for the next five years. Very low um, overall uh, 4 million bucks. Um, a lot of incentives in there for him. He could walk away with about $8 million if he, uh, beats Ohio State and goes to the Big Ten Championship and, and goes to the college football playoffs and goes to the national championship and all these different things that um, he's never done before. But uh, if he does, he gets a lot of money. And if he doesn't, he gets $4 million bucks. Um, and so we'll, we'll get into that. But I want to I welcome our guest. Uh, best way to describe uh, Derek Feldkamp is just, just to say he is a character um, of the, uh, not the highest degree, the most entertaining degree. Uh, <laughs> Whether he's had a couple of beverages or not, um, he tells great stories. He makes you laugh. And by the end of the night, you're ready for him to go home. Uh, <laughs> so without further ado, former Michigan baseball player, a friend of both of ours, uh, Derek Feldkamp, welcome to the show. Guys, welcome. I appreciate that intro, Michael. It was uh, probably well said and appropriately uh, defined, if that actually makes any sense. So No, it. it yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a second, Derek. Um, no, I mean, you're an invested uh, Michigan football fan, sports fan. You got season tickets. Uh, you know, I think you, you your your wedding took place a couple years ago, the weekend of the Michigan-Wisconsin game, and it was all built around the, the football game, if I remember correctly. I don't want to out you with your wife here, but uh, I mean, huge football fan, former Michigan baseball player um, from uh, from the Adrian area. So yeah, kind of tell me your thoughts on how this has all gone down and, and your, your thoughts on just Jim Harbaugh coming back. Uh, you're 100% correct. I was very gracious. My uh, wife decided to allow uh, for that to happen a couple of years ago in October. And actually looking back onto it, it's probably the last pinnacle moment of uh, a really fun Michigan football Saturday, if you really think about it, uh, as far as a home game at night and Michigan played outstanding and 
was, was a pretty big win at the time, kind of pro, uh, propelling them into the, you know, the game against Ohio State. Um, but um, I, uh, yeah, I am invested. I'm very blessed. I've, I've, uh, I've had season tickets in our family for a long time that I've uh, taken over. And I was very, uh, maybe not so shocked by the news, but uh, I definitely was shocked by a lot of the details of the contract that um, were very alarming to me as a, uh, I guess, as a Michigan football fan. But um, that's kind of, that's kind of where my take is on it. And uh, I can, I can kind of go into it from there, but I, I guess without kind of jumping ahead, but just just saying, like, I think the biggest thing that I was very surprised about was the, the buyout option for both sides um, yeah. being relatively low. And I look at that as the aspect of, uh, you know, just the trust of, of assistant coaches uh, coming in and wanting to invest. And, you know, you guys are kind of in it. You guys know how contracts work. Um, with employers, you know, of that regard, uh, I'm not really too familiar, but it would be, uh, I guess it would be wise of me to think otherwise or optimistic to think that having a chance to land some big time, you know, uh, coordinators here to, to help us out with, uh, is a, is a viable option moving forward, I guess. You know, well, let's uh, talk about this kind of, yeah, let's hold on a second, Jack. Just let's talk about it real quick because essentially, again, it's a $4 million base and then there's all these incentives, you know, I don't have it in front of me. Um, maybe you do, Justin, but it's, you know, $500,000 for this, two fifty for this, 50000 for, I think, winning the Big Ten East. There is, interestingly, um, 150000 for APR, which essentially is uh, having good academic standing with your, with your football team, all of them being uh, in position to, to graduate and be academically eligible. Um, so that is in there. It's not in there more than the Big Ten Championship, though. The Big Ten Championship is $500,000. So we've argued this before. What do they value more, running the clean program, academics, or winning? Well, based off incentives, they value winning more than the clean program uh, and the grades. But the thing that stood out to me, Justin, is this is like, I mean, it's a $4 million buyout in year one. It goes down to a $3 million buyout. It goes down to a $2 million buyout. By year five, there's no buyout. This is essentially a one-year contract that can get renewed. I mean, it's, it's there for five years, but they didn't make an investment in saying, this is our coach for the next five years. Look at how much we're going to pay him. Look at what uh, the buyout is. Like, this is not, we're committed to Jim Harbaugh for through 2025. No, and you know, what we talked about over the, the course of the fall was that big buyout, which was closer to $10 million when it was through the season uh, before they renegotiated this contract. And so I think from Ward Manuel's perspective, you know, $4 million after this year and then three and then two, that's a lot more doable for him, especially when they're looking at the, the cut budget of the athletic department because of the pandemic and everything when he's talking to his other employees uh, about how he could rationalize maybe getting rid of Jim Harbaugh in the future at some point. So I think that was a big emphasis of this contract was the buyout. And I think it's something, something to do with on, uh, on both sides as well. I think Jim Harbaugh's side was uh, $1.5 million if he wanted to leave on his own terms as well. Uh, so I think it was, it was an easier way for both sides to get out of this contract, which um, actually, it, this, you know, from a national media perspective and from a, just a contract perspective, this contract got a lot of praise from some people uh, that this is how most coaches' contracts should be. It should not be all this guaranteed money and then you're, you're doing buyouts for, you know, uh, Charlie Weiss for 15 years at $5 million a year, whatever he was getting from uh, Notre Dame when he got let go there. So, um I think that from uh, from Ward Manuel's perspective, you know, it took a while to get there, and we don't know what went on behind the scenes. Uh, but I think that this is a great contract for Michigan now, and just in just in terms of the financials, because it's responsible. They aren't going to have to pay him a ton of money, uh, and and they were able to work out something here after six years with Jim Harbaugh, where it's not some gigantic 10 year extension with X amount of millions of dollars in, in guaranteed money. So uh, I do want to give Ward some props on that side. Well, it's interesting that we've gone from whatever it was two or three years ago when people were talking about, Hey, you know, Ward should give Jim Harbaugh a lifetime contract, mm -hmm. lifetime contract. He can stay here as long as he wants, pay him as much as he wants. And now here we are talking about, 
you know, essentially, as I said, a kind of a one-year contract that rolls over uh, because at any given time, Jim Harbaugh can walk away uh, and Michigan can walk away. And the Jim Harbaugh side of the buyout is really more for the NFL teams. If an NFL team does want him or if another college football team does want him, they only have to pay two million bucks, a million, million and a half. They don't have to spend $10 million to, to make him their head coach. But Derek, I want to come back to you and, and ask you this. Um, you know, when you look at it as a fan, I mean, like, where's your level, level of satisfaction uh, as a fan? And do you look at this? I mean, did, did you, A, want him to come back? And now that he's coming back, we asked this question, and we'll get into this a lot more. We've got some uh, responses on Twitter. What does he have to do? If this is a one-year contract, essentially, what does he have to do, in your opinion, for you as a fan to want him back in 2022? Well, I mean, I guess it's all managing expectations. Um, I've kind of come to the acceptance a couple, you know, a couple of years ago when I was on the uh, Don Brown situation. It's probably not the best, and everybody looked at me like I was, you know, smoking some peyote or something. Uh, and, and But I <laughs> – I just, I, uh, you know, and I don't want to be proven right. I mean, I, I'm obviously a very vested fan, like we all said. I think a lot of, you know, both of us are, all three of us. But I think that is the, the ultimate question. I don't know what the expectation is. And that's a scary thought for me as a fan. Jim Harbaugh, I believe, woke up on Wednesday morning. Uh, I'm pretty sure, certain he was the highest paid coach in the Big Ten Conference. And he woke up on Friday morning or Saturday morning, and I believe he's the 12th highest paid coach. You know, is this a relationship where um, kind of like what you both have already touched on, uh, get it, you know, we're just in it for a year, then kind of evaluate as it goes. Um, I do think the healthiest thing that could come out of this potentially is the motivation factor for Coach Harbaugh. Um, and it might really turn the tables and kind of uh, really kick it going. But I just don't. You know, I, I'm not sure, you know, without going into great detail of the schedule next year and what, who's coming back and all this kind of stuff. It just, uh, um, I, I don't know what the expectation is. I do know this. I mean, we have a, I believe, a new defensive coordinator, um, albeit that he might be fantastic, but he's never recruited a day in his life. He was a graduate assistant at Georgia, I, I think. I don't think he was allowed to recruit. And he's never called plays a day in his life. Yeah. Uh, I, is that going to be better than Don Brown? I highly doubt it. I I just, I mean, on paper, the, just looking at these things, um, it just is a real head scratcher to me and, um, and looking, you know, going forward with the staff and all the kind of staff changes that might happen. Uh, I, I really, but to to answer your question, getting around, I don't know if I have an expectation moving forward of what the goal is for next year or what my expectation would be for Michigan. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think, and, and, and Justin, we can read some of the Twitter responses, and, and you, certainly you and I will, will tackle this in a few minutes. Uh, what is the expectation for 2021 if, if, this is, if this contract was created in a scenario, in a, in a division where uh, Ward can say, okay, it wasn't good enough in 21, I'm getting rid of you, here is a, you know, a smaller buyout now. Um, you know, what does that mean for, for Michigan in, in 2021? What has to be accomplished? Uh, Derek's referencing um, Mike McDonald for the linebackers coach from uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, who um, you know works for John Harbaugh. Just uh, just helped the Ravens move on uh, in the playoffs. They beat uh, Tennessee Titans on uh, uh, over the weekend, and I, I think they get uh, Kansas City next, uh, which should be a great game between two young quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, Derek mentioned. I mean, this is a guy who's never called plays before, uh, similar to to Josh Gaddis, who came from Alabama. Um, you know, a guy that. You know, was this the first choice? I can't imagine it was. We heard about, uh, we heard about, um, uh, you know, Derek Mason from Van- from Vanderbilt, who you know is now signed on with Auburn. We've heard about uh, Tim Banks, the co-defensive coordinator at Penn State. We've heard about all these other names. Um, and so, so Justin, I mean, you know, what's your thought on McDonald and whether this whole thing went according to plan? Like to me, like there's just no way that this one according to Michigan's plan based off of where we are. I know that, you know, Michigan, the Michigan side and the Jim Harbaugh side all kind of said like, oh, you know, this wasn't about the media timetable. This was about Michigan's timetable. But I, I call bullshit on that. Like this one dragged on way too long and it dragged on way too long because of something we've said repeatedly 
and I 100% stand by it based off of everything I've heard, is that Jim waited until Black Monday and waited for opportunities to see if anything emerged with the NFL before he re-signed with Michigan. Yeah, it's hard to think anything else. I know I saw Todd Anson and Brandon Brown going at it on Twitter yesterday about what the timeline actually is, who believes what, who knows what, all these things. And I don't, I'm not sure if anybody really knows. You know, I think that it's tough. Uh, there's a lot that went behind the went on behind the scenes. But in terms of who Michigan actually will end up with at D coordinator, and it does look like it's Mike McDonald. You can't tell me that they went to Derek Mason and Will Muschamp and, sa- and said, no, I think we'd rather have a guy that has only been a position coach in the NFL and never recruited and never called plays. There, there's no way that that's actually what happened. So um, I think that we would 100% take Will Muschamp, who has head coaching experience, D coordinator experience, has been, has been successful and everything else, and the same in Derek Mason as well. So, um, yeah, I 100% agree with you. It's – uh, it, it is concerning that now, if McDonald does come on, Michigan has a guy on the offensive side who offensive coordinator has only called plays for two years now, only at Michigan. And then on the defensive side, you've got a guy that has never called plays. So in terms of what we talked about before is if Jim Harbaugh does come back, what we would like to see. And I think one thing that we said was he's got to get great coordinators, new, you know, revamp everything. Uh, on both sides, really. And, uh, you know, they talked about Moorhead coming in on the offensive side, and they talked about all these other uh, guys on the defensive side. Well, now you, you're stuck. I don't, I don't want to say stuck, but now you have what you had the last two years on the offensive side, which is nothing special uh, in, from what I've seen. And then you've got a guy who maybe he's uh, an unproven, you know, uh, gold mine or something like that. Maybe he's a diamond in the rough that uh, that John Harbaugh really loves and thinks he could uh, do it with. But if you're looking at a one-year, two-year turnaround here, which is what Jim Harbaugh needs, there's no time for these guys to figure it out, take their time, and give, get comfortable calling plays, and they'll be great at some point. No, you need to be great now. And so that's where I'm looking at this whole situation and thinking – this is not a, a quick turnaround. This is like rebuild mode over five plus years, which is not going to get Jim Harbaugh the extension or the he's going to get let go if that's the case right now. Well, and and I, I wonder too. I mean, guys, both of you, you know that what you just said there, Justin. Um, you know, look, I don't know about Mike McDonald. I'm not going to write the guy off. I understand he's inexperienced, but there's been a lot of guys who are inexperienced and then they take off. Uh, and they, you know, they are good coordinators. They are good coaches. Um, you know, we can look uh, into the arena and see, you know, Juwan Howard, first-time head coach, and look at all the great things he's doing. So I'm, you, you've heard this phrase from me a thousand times, but I've always said, like, everybody's a nobody until they're a somebody. So Mike McDonald's a nobody. He could turn out to be a somebody. I don't know. But I do agree with you that this, I, especially if this is a one-year kind of contract, that he's got to win right away. And how do you win right away if you've got a guy coming in who, you know, maybe he's put together, uh, he's been working for years on what he would do as a coordinator. But if not, like, he's got to kind of invent all that. He's got to invent all that. He's got new coaches he's got to meet uh, that, that have their own ideas. I mean, you're just going from a very experienced Don Brown to a, to a young guy uh, with no experience. And I agree with you that this has got to be a quick turnaround. I mean, Derek, to your point, you said you don't know what the expectation is. I can guarantee you one thing. It's not six and six in 2021. It's not seven and five in 2021. It's not a, hey, I need three years to build this thing up. Jim Harbaugh is in year seven. He doesn't get a chance to build this thing up. Yeah, you know, that's, that would be the hope. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the last thing, I mean, like I'll say, and, and before I got to run here, um, I'm totally with you on that. I'm totally on board. Um, and this is what you go back to. What are the expectations of, of Michigan moving forward? Are, are, is the fan expectation uh, completely outrageous um, compared to the, you know, to the uh, program or the athletic department expectation? And it might be. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm with you guys. I believe, uh, um, you know, instead of beating on dead horse of, of, of 100% of how can you move forward with uh, being in year seven, but I, I just don't know when you look around 
and you look at what the perception is at the Auburn, uh, you look at what the perception is at Texas, and it might be, you know, it's that they care more about football than Michigan does. I mean, that's what the, maybe the perception is. Is that reality? I have no idea if either of these situations will work at all three of the schools. And I think that's the um, crazy part of the unknown here is that we're going to go into year seven and have no idea what this really will look like next year uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. All right, Derek. Well, thanks very much for joining us, man. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, uh, and do you have a pick for tonight's game? Um, yes. I'm going to be the contrarian here because I follow the wise guys in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> just to let you guys know, when the spread came out, it was initially Alabama minus seven, and the over-under was at 79. And Vegas took, um, I believe it was over a million dollars in the under bets in the first five minutes of the line being posted, to which that <laughs> over-under number now is down to seven, I think 74 and a half. Uh, which is a massive move, but uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Alabama 39, Ohio State 27. So okay. there you go. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Derek. Anything we need? What do we need here? Is we need Alabama to win. That's the bottom line. Is the program for Michigan? We can't have Ohio State win this game, regardless. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Uh, we, all yeah. right, boys. You guys have a great day. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. See you. Bye. So, Justin, you've got some of those uh, Twitter responses. I'll read the question again. Uh, Want to get some takes, then, then you and I can, um, can jump in with our take on, uh, on this question. But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm driving right now. I'm on my way to Ann Arbor. Um, I've been working from home uh, pretty much since Thanksgiving. I had been going into the office uh, with Kaepernick Insurance Group, and um, – very safely, everybody has their own individual office. And I was, you know, if anybody came to my door, they were about 15 feet away from me uh, and everybody wore a mask. But, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I get a little bit tired of working from home, being in the same spot. Um, and so our good friends at uh, Weber's Hotel have a, an awesome deal for you. Kind of like a, a workday getaway is what they call it. And you can use the hotel room from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, for just $45 is the rate plus some taxes um, in there. But, uh, yeah, for 45 bucks, you go, um, you have complete uh, use of, uh, you know, you can your room, your, your balcony. Um, you can swim in the pool if you want. Um, you know, head on down there. Uh, you got to wear your mask when you're, when you're in common areas of the hotel. But um, you know, I, I do use think it. I, I just wanted to jump in. I, I know that Derek already this morning swam 5,000 meters, just an FYI. No, he's a no right. coffee guy, wakes up, swims 5,000 meters at 5 a.m., jumps on a podcast, heads, heads to work. He's, he's an amazing man, but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, he's training, for a, he's training for an Ironman. I think he told yeah. us for a half Ironman, so that's really cool. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a new place to hang out, get a little quiet. I love my little man, but – you know, he can be a little loud. I've got a lot to do today, uh, a lot to focus on. And then at 4 o'clock, I've got a meeting, and someone's coming over. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have room service delivered right to the room, hang out on that balcony where there's a big enough uh, space for us to socially distance from each other and, and enjoy a cocktail and uh, talk some business and talk some life and talk some sports. Uh, and so I'm sure, um, you know, most conversations I have with, uh, with clients, they always want to know about Michigan, so we'll talk about some Jim Harbaugh. Um, but it's a great deal. You can visit WebersAnnArbor.com for more information. And again, $45 plus some taxes uh, for their workday getaway. You can order dinner right there. You just got to be out by 7 p.m. That's the big thing. You got to be out by 7 p.m. or else you get charged for an overnight, um, which is about $99, I think, per night. So still not that bad. If you have a couple of cocktails and you're like, wow, I don't really want to drive home or I don't want to take an Uber right now, uh, you can just uh, spend the night then. Uh, for for 99 bucks. So WebersAnnArbor.com. So Justin, here was the question I posted, and you kind of looked at it a different way. But I essentially said this: with this contract, a four million dollar base salary, a buyout that starts at four million bucks, goes down to three, goes down to two, goes down to one, goes down to zero um, every single year. Very incentive laden, uh, with a lot of performance clauses for winning the Big Ten East, for a Big Ten championship. Uh, for college football playoff, for national coach of the year, Big Ten coach of the year, which, again, I think is interesting because 
a lot of people have said, well, you know, all I really want from Michigan is that they run a clean program and they graduate their players. That's, and if they do that and they win eight or nine games, like that's Michigan's, that's what we want. And I've said repeatedly, you know what, that's okay. That, if that's your prerogative, go for it. But that's not what Michigan, if you're going to boast about having more Big Ten championships than anybody, if you're going to boast about winning, being the winningest program of all time, then you're essentially saying that you value winning and championships more than you value those other things. And in this contract, I believe it's $500,000 for performance clauses related to winning championships, and it's $150,000 for the APR. So it's $500,000 for winning the Big Ten title and $150,000 for being in good academic standing. So what does that tell you about the value that Michigan places on winning versus grades and academics? It places some value on it, no doubt about it. I'm not sure there's many coaches in the country that have a $150,000 performance bonus for their players being in good academic standing, probably Northwestern and Stanford and a couple of those places. But $500,000 is almost five times as much. So what, is they, what do they value? They value championships. Um, but, Justin, let, let, uh, let us read some of those if you got them in front of you. Um, what are people – what does Michigan have to do in 2021 is the question I asked in order for Jim Harbaugh to come back in 2022? And how did you look at this question? So I'll, I'll read some of the fans and we'll talk about it in our perspective and then we can get into, you know, how I uh, thought about it. And that I think that kind of pertains to how Ward is probably thinking about it as well. Um, but the best one, I think uh, our guy Jay do on, on Twitter, uh, he just said, win, win, duh, was, was his response. So pretty simple there, there. But um, I think, you know, most of the uh, responses were somewhere between some said, you know, go nine and three and beat Michigan State. Some said 10, 10, nine to 10 wins. Some said uh, you have to win out and uh, beat Ohio State and go to the Big Ten Championship. Um, so there was a lot of different responses. I think most of them said, uh, or, or the majority were in the ballpark of win nine to 10 games, beat MSU, and then make it close with Ohio State within seven to 14 points, give yourself a shot uh, to win that game in the fourth quarter, which I think that is, that's a reasonable expectation, you know, which is, it's kind of crazy that the expectation is at Michigan is not to beat Ohio state. It's to stay in the ball game, but that's where we're at in 2021. And so uh, that was a, there was quite the variety of different, uh, different uh you know answers to it but i think that was kind of the realistic expectation nine to ten wins make sure you beat michigan state with mel tucker in just year two uh make sure that you own the state of michigan and then don't get blown out by ohio state make that a competitive game make sure you're in it at some point in the fourth quarter I, I, I don't think that is unrealistic. And so I look at, you know, the schedule next year, Mike, honestly, when you look at the schedule, nine and 10 games is going to be tough. All of a sudden, when you add in Northwestern and Indiana are decent programs and, and they're, you know, uh, they, you got to go to both of those or maybe Northwestern is at home and Indiana's on the road, but you're going to Wisconsin, you're going to Penn state, uh, you know, it's a tough schedule. And so when you're looking at nine to 10 wins, that is not easy to do. How did you look at it? Well, first of all, I don't know what the schedule is going to be like, honestly, I, I don't, we're not hundred percent certain that what they have scheduled for 2021 is going to be the schedule because they started kind of from a, from a scratch point this past year. And so do they blow things up again and kind of redo these things or do they just say like, okay, everybody were honoring 2021 schedules. And so this is this, and you're just going to, um, that's what you're going to play. So, you know, remains to be seen, but it, if it does stick to what it is, you're right. They, they pick up Northwestern. I think they have one more year with Wisconsin. Uh, they do have Indiana. They have Ohio state, Michigan state, Penn state, obviously they have Washington in week two. Uh, that game is supposed to be played in the big house. They had to cancel the game at Washington, uh, this past year, whether they'll be able to make that up, not really sure. They're locked into some contracts with, you know, Oklahoma and Texas down the road. Uh, so we'll have to see about that. But here's where I'm at, Justin, is I said this earlier. This is not a rebuild, okay? You don't get to, um, you don't get to say that in year seven. I, I, I don't give a damn that he's got a new defensive coordinator. I don't give a damn 
that he uh, just signed a new contract and it's different than his old one. This is not a re- this is not a reset, folks. This is not a well. We got to give Jim Harbaugh two or three years or four years to establish his culture, two or three years to establish his coordinators, two or three years to to get JJ McCarthy um, up to snuff. No, 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 no. This is not year two of the Jim Harbaugh era. This is year seven of the Jim Harbaugh era. And what are expectations in year seven of the Jim Harbaugh era? They are to compete for a championship. They are to beat Ohio State. They are to win a bowl game and be in a New Year's Six bowl game. They are to do all these things that you would normally suggest going into year seven. So this is not, hey, he's going to get a new coordinator. It's going to take the guy two or three years. Josh Gaddis has got to develop uh, J.J. McCarthy. You need to give him two or three years. That is a bunch of baloney. Absolutely not. That is not the expectation for Jim Harbaugh in year seven. This is on him that he's starting from scratch again to some degree with potentially a brand-new freshman quarterback, that he's starting from scratch with a new defensive coordinator, that he might still bring in offensive coordinator. That's on him, folks. So that is not a he gets a do-over type of thing, gets to hit the red button and start all over again. So with that in mind, Justin, here's where I'm looking at my expectations for Jim Harbaugh in 2021. Okay, you start off the year, you got Washington in week two. Something that has hindered this program is that they have had a lot of early season losses that have kind of derailed, um, put Michigan behind the, not behind the preferred eight ball, but it's kind of like dampening the enthusiasm. He's starting off, no dampening of the enthusiasm. Okay, first thing you got to do is you got to go undefeated in your non-conference. So 3-0, and beat Washington. They're coming to your place. You've got a starting quarterback coming back in Cade McNamara, maybe in Joe Milton, though we both expect him to, to leave the program. So I start with you got to beat Washington. You got to be 3 0 in your non conference. Then I move forward. You got to beat Michigan State 100% because you let Mel Tucker get some uh, momentum in this rivalry. So you got to beat Michigan State. You've got to, uh, you know, you, you, you owe Penn State. You've now got a two game losing streak against Penn State. You got to beat Penn State. You've got a two-game losing streak to, uh, to Wisconsin. You've got to beat Wisconsin. So, Justin, I'm looking at this thing. I agree with some of the people that said, like, you've got to be close against Ohio State. I saw someone, uh, I think a guy named Matt, who said, you've got to be in the game in the fourth quarter. You've got to have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. I 100% agree with that. Where I'm at is a 10-2 regular season where you beat Michigan State, you win that game against Washington, so you're not killing the momentum so early on uh, in the year. And you've got to, uh, you know, get avenge some of those losses. So 10-2 regular season, beat Michigan State, be close against Ohio State, and then 100% you have got to win your bowl game. Because for, what's it been now, four straight years? Mm-hmm. Five, uh, not five straight years because they didn't, they didn't have a bowl game this year uh, or Ohio State game, but four consecutive times Michigan lost to Ohio State and lost their bowl game and ended the year 0-2. Enough of enough with that crap. So to me, what he's got to do to come back in 2022 is go 11-2 with a win over the, uh, over the bowl team and a win over Michigan State. That is high expectations, I got to tell you. And, and I, I don't think that it's wrong to ex- expect that because it is year seven of Jim Harbaugh and, and everything else. Michigan should be at that spot right now, but I don't think they are. So when you're when I'm looking at the schedule, Derek and I were actually texting last night about it, and you know, Derek said, "Find me six wins on this on this schedule." So you've got you start off with Western Michigan. I'll say that's a win. Then you uh, Washington. I'd say that's a fifty-fifty. Northern Illinois win. Rutgers win. At Wisconsin, they're not going to be favored. At Indiana. I'm going to give it a 50-50 cuz I think Indiana's going to lose a lot of their uh, a lot of their guys. Michigan State, I'll say that's a 70-30 Michigan. So we're at 1 2 3 three for sure wins at Nebraska, I'm going to say is a for sure win. Northwestern 50-50 at Penn State not going to be favored at Maryland, they should win at Ohio, or Ohio State at home. They haven't won it in, in a decade. So one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe six for sure wins. And that's not even, I mean, I thought Michigan State was a for sure win this year and it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. 
when you're talking about 11 and two, that means you have to win five games that are you're probably either 50-50 or not favored in. When has Michigan mm-hmm. gone in in the last six years into those games and won a bunch of them? You know, 2018, they won, uh, they won, but most of them were on the, uh, at home, uh, those big games. So when you're thinking of, you know, going on the road to, uh, to Wisconsin, to Madison, and they're playing jump around, and they're going to be up for that. That's a, they're going to be a great team, I'm sure, with Graham Mertz. Uh, and then you're going to Penn State. I guarantee you that's going to be a whiteout late in uh, in November. There, you know, I, I just don't see that happening. And so when when I, when those are the expectations, if if you're having 11 wins as your expectations, I I think you're setting yourself up for failure here. And maybe that's what uh, you know. Maybe that's what it is. And Jim Harbaugh, there's you know no chance for 2022 if that's the case. But I just don't see it happening, Mike. No, I don't either. I, I really don't. I mean, but for me, Justin, it all comes down to where this program is and where it's supposed to be um, right now. And where it's supposed to be is, is I mean, you're talking about, again, he's had six years of buildup. He's recruited Alex Melzone, Brandon Peters, Dylan McCaffrey, Joe Milton, uh, Cade McNamara, J.J. McCarthy. Am I missing one? So he's had six scholarship quarterbacks that he's brought in. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's had, um, you know, what now? This is going to be his uh, seventh or eighth recruiting class. Uh, and five of them that have finished in the top 12. Um, he's had number one ranked players. He's had, uh, a num- he's had quite a few five stars. Um, you know, it, it's, this, again, to me, it's like, where would you be normally? If you weren't coming off a two and four season, and let's face it, this was really probably, if, if over the course of a year, this was probably a four and eight team or something like that, if they played 12 games, um, you know, where, where would you be? Where would you be if, if this is Jim Harbaugh, this is your guy, this is Michigan football, this is the way that you've been recruiting, this is the way that you've been doing everything, where would you be as a fan? And it would be it would be much higher than six and six, obviously. So to me, six and six is a hundred percent fireable. Hundred percent, he's gone if he goes six and six. Even seven and five, and he's a hundred percent. You got to move on from him because that would be nine and four season where you um, trended terribly in the wrong direction at the end. Um, That would be a uh, that would be a two and four, really a four and eight, maybe even a three and nine type season. And then you would have a six and six. And what is he? He's 11 and 10 in his last 21 games. If he goes six and six, he would be 17 and 16 in his last 33 games. I mean, I'm sorry, but that is, that is well, that, that, that is a hundred percent fireable. And I, you know, to your question, and I think, you know, you can address it, how you kind of looked at it, you know, is Ward Manuel setting him up to be fired after the 2021 season? You know, if, if he doesn't go eight and four, I think Ward Manuel probably has to fire. If he goes eight and four, does he get fired? I don't know. But if that eight and four includes a blowout loss to Ohio State, another loss to Michigan State, a blowout loss to either Wisconsin or Indiana on the road, like it, I guess it looks, it depends on what those losses look like. And then he loses a bowl game and he goes eight and five. Like, I'm sorry, but I mean, I've been ready to move on this from this guy from a while. And I'm just setting expectations and saying, if you want me, and it's just me, I understand that, but there's a majority of the fan base that is, that is ready. But if you want to get me back on the Jim Harbaugh bandwagon, he has got to go out there and do what he was brought here to do instead of the mediocrity that he's given us other than 2016. You know, one thing before I get to how I, I phrased that question to you yesterday um, was some people came out in, in the Twitter responses and said – uh, they'd like to see the more fire. They'd like to see the personality of this team, the culture come back. They want to see Jim Harbaugh fired up on the sideline. They want to see his players playing hard throughout the season and not giving up. And they want to see, uh, you know, Michigan have some type of identity there, play tough, play all these different things. Do you think that that does have a factor? Can that make up for, uh, the lack of wins, or does it not matter at all? You still have to win no matter how the team looks. 
Well, how do you, how would you um, base that? I mean, this is a, this is a results oriented business. And so mm-hmm. if you say like, well, Jim Harbaugh's more fired up on the sideline. I mean, that's a subjective thing because I don't buy the whole argument that he's a completely different coach uh, than he was in 2015 and 2016. Yes. Has he avoided getting the, uh, maybe the infraction, the Harbaugh rule that the NCAA put in place that you can get penalized 15 yards if you act like a, you know, a, a crazy person on the sideline? Yes. But, you know, okay, so the offense looks more capable, but they still go six and six or they still go seven and five. And so, hey, at least the offense looks capable. No, to me, like, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Like, if someone says to me, like, well, if you see J.J. McCarthy in the last four games of the 2021 season and he looks really good, and he looks really promising for 2022. You got to give Jim Harbaugh. You don't have to give Jim Harbaugh anything. Okay. He's had six years. He's going to have seven years. He doesn't, he's not owed anything anymore. All right. He was maybe owed something after year three, maybe after year four, but he's not owed anything after year seven. It is put up or shut up time for Michigan and for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and so that were, that leads us to the question about how I phrased it. And, it. and it was basically, you know, do you see 2022, do you see it as that 2022 is not locked in yet and he has to earn it? Or is 2022 on the table and he already has it and he would have to have a, a, a pretty big failure to have that taken off the table for him? I mean, I don't think it's – no, I, I I mean, based on what I've been saying, I don't think it's locked in. You know, I, there's just no way. There's just no way. I mean, the based on the way that this contract is done, I mean, Derek mentioned he's now the 12th highest paid coach in the Big Ten. Um, he's the, – the buyout, I think, was reported is like there's 50 buyouts in college football that are higher than this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was – I know the – some, you know, some spinsters are saying, well, this was all about – you know, Jim being a good guy and, and negotiating in a pandemic and, and Ward. I, I do think that Ward probably leveraged a little bit of the pandemic to say, like, we're not paying you $8 million anymore. We'll do it both based off incentive clauses. And those incentive clauses, I mean, if Michigan gets to certain games, they're going to get a bigger payout for those games. So that helps them in, in that respect to pay those contracts. And it does a lot for their brand and it does a lot for their merchandise. And it does a lot, you know, there will be money coming in if he reaches those certain uh, milestones. I mean, Imagine Michigan finally having Big Ten championship T-shirts and hats to wear. How much does that do for the conference and for, you know, fans buying that up? And all of a sudden, hey, you can pay them five hundred thousand dollars because we just made two million dollars off a of Big Ten, uh, Big Ten gear. Um, and so, no, I don't think there's any way that 2022 is is guaranteed based off the way that this contract is, is put into place. This contract to me says, Jim, you've got to go out there and perform. And if you don't, we're buying you out. We're splitting ways. And I think Jim Harbaugh knows that too. I mean, his, his whole thing about betting on himself. Now he didn't say this. This has just been from his, uh, from his, you know, handlers, from the people that speak for him. Um, essentially said that he's betting on himself. Uh, and so, I mean, he, he understands this. He understands this is a business. He understands that he's got to produce in 2021 or he's out the door. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I, I've come a long way, Justin. I, I, I'm, I don't think this guy changes. I don't think this is going to be like a, you know, hey, it's, it's, it's going to turn the, he's going to turn the program around. And all of a sudden, in two or three years, Michigan's going to be beating Ohio State and the whole thing. But I'm okay with this contract, the way that it was written. I'm okay with Jim Harbaugh coming back for one more year in the whole put-up-or-shut-up type of format. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that, you know, honestly, I know that we have been very critical of Jim Harbaugh and, you know, I don't think either of us at, after this 2020 season wanted him to come back. We were ready for a reset and get Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle, you know, any, anybody else uh, that, that was on the, uh, that they were talking about in here and try and turn things around, get a new culture, new identity, all that stuff. Uh, but now, you know, it is Jim Harbaugh. There's no doubt about that. We are not totally certain of the coordinator situation and the assistant coaches situation. So that will be very interesting to watch uh, moving forward. But I, I will say I, I'm fully supportive now. I will, I am, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, you know, on the train uh, just blindly, but I think that there, uh, there is a lot of uh, momentum and there could be, there's, there's a lot of potential in this team now. When you look at 
there were eight uh, freshmen that that played on the the offensive side of the ball last year, and so you're bringing back a ton of talent on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball, especially at the. Uh, the, the key positions there. Um, and then uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it's something brand new. You know, I think that everyone, uh, all these fans and myself and yourself included, and I know Derek included too, because he's t- been talking about Don Brown uh, since 2018. And, and so it's exciting to see them possibly adjusting and, and working. And after watching the Ravens yesterday uh, versus uh, the Titans and they stopped Derrick Henry, who hasn't been stopped all year, and they held him to like 50 rushing yards, it's something to be excited about. And so I don't want to, you know, start this hype train like Michigan's back. They'll, you know, they'll for sure win 12 games or 10, 11 games. But I think there is something to get, to have uh, for momentum and, pot- and potential for uh, Michigan here. And I'm excited about the possibilities. Am I, am I reserved in my excitement? Absolutely, because mm-hmm. I've been very excited over the past six years and I've been shut down every single year. So uh, I, I've, had been, I've had some talks with some friends saying, all right, let's kind of temper those expectations. And so, you know, that's where I'm listening to you. And I don't blame you for saying, let's go, you know, you need to go 11 and two, but Michigan hasn't gone 11 and two since Brady Hoke was here. And so um, it's just this, uh, this reservation, this reserved excitement that I have for Michigan now. Uh, and, and so I want to see what he, he does with these, uh, with these coordinators and assistant coaches. And that'll set the, the table, I think, for spring practice and what we see in J.J. McCarthy and some of these incoming freshmen, as well as the guys who uh, played last year and how much they've developed. Well, let me, be, let me be clear here. Just because I am saying that in my book he needs to go 11-2, and two, um, that is not going to be my prediction um, for next season, nor should you take that as, well, Spath is hyping this team up. This team is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> Do not. My number one um, probably suggestion for this offseason is do not, do not, do not, do not believe any hype. Do not, do not, do not read the practice reports. Or if you do read the practice reports, read them. Like, go get yourself a gigantic glass of salt and just be drinking that salt while you're also reading the practice reports. Um, Because, you know, this is something that gets repeated year after year after year is this guy's going to be so good. That guy's going to be so good. The defense is balling out. The offense is balling out, like all these different things. And then they don't come to fruition. And Michigan never allows the media to attend practice. And so everything you get is from a secondhand uh, source. And, you know, and a lot of times those secondhand sources or are really firsthand. A lot of times they are coaches. Um, They are coaches, but they're in the business of hyping their kids up to some degree, not to like an outrageous degree where there's too many expectations on J.J. McCarthy, but to provide some confidence to those players. So whatever you do, whether you're whatever board, whatever website you follow, like don't, don't get into the trap. Don't fall into the trap of being like, well, J.J. McCarthy is going to be an absolute stud. Um, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go into next season with low expectations. Do I want to see? Here's the crazy thing. Is, and I don't understand how people don't get this because a lot of people said like, well, if you were, didn't want Jim Harbaugh back, well then get off the train. Like nobody wants you as a Michigan fan. First of all, fuck you. Like, that's not how this works. Okay. Like that is not how this works. Like if I'm, if I, if I didn't want, or I didn't want the president of the United States, like if I didn't want Donald Trump, for instance, and I'm, that's not my, I'm not revealing my politics, but if I didn't want him to be the president, the next president, does that mean that I hate America? And I don't deserve to be like, I don't like the constitution and I don't stand up for all these different things. No, like look at the NFL, how this works. Everybody was anti Matt Patricia. You're still rooting for the Detroit lions. Okay. At some point, I think early on, yes, you give the guy support. You're one, you're two, you're three, you're four. You got to be all in for your coach. This is who the guy, this is who they picked. But at some point you get to see who this person is. You get to see like how they treat the fans, how they treat the media, how they treat their players, how they treat other people. And you get to make a decision for yourself. Like, is this the guy that I, like, I'm really invested in? No. So I'm not really invested in Jim Harbaugh, but I'm really invested in Michigan football. So I want to see Michigan football win. If they go 10-3 and three next year, 11-2, and two, I'm going to be excited about that. I'm not going to be like, well, let's get rid of Jim, and this guy's a bum. Like, I want Jim to prove me wrong. I want to eat crow. I want to 
um, you know, have to like come up here on these podcasts with you and Will on Sunday mornings and talk about a great game for Michigan football. That is much more enjoyable for me. I don't want to spend my Sundays lamenting about um, a blowout loss to Indiana or lamenting about how they couldn't make any plays against Penn State or worse all, lamenting about how they uh, gave all this momentum to Michigan State and a rivalry they should be dominating right now. I don't want all those things. I want Michigan football to be successful. I want Jim Harbaugh to be successful. I'm just not going into next season going like, this is absolutely going to happen. And Jim Harbaugh is, I'm all in with Jim. No, he's got to win me back. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy to want more than what we're seeing right now from Michigan football, right? You can be supportive and still say, hey, I'd love to have a Big Ten championship because you know what? I'm watching Ohio State win the Big Ten and then win the playoff game, and now they're playing for a national title. That looks pretty damn fun, Mike. It looks pretty awesome to be an Ohio State fan right now that's playing for those things. So I don't think it's crazy for us to want that. You know, I I was uh, talking to some friends about that, and I'm like, holy shit, how awesome would it be for us? Like, think of the day, hopefully at at one point, at some point, we will be those guys that are celebrating a Michigan uh, win over Ohio State and a Big Ten title and going to the college football playoff. It'll probably be one of the greatest days in our lives at this point because we've been waiting for it for so long. And so it, mm-hmm. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's it's crazy to to want that and to want more than what's happening on the field right now because uh, you know like we've talked about Jim Harbaugh was brought in to not he was not brought in to go eight and five and nine and four and have ten and three be the ceiling. Uh, but I think to some people. They, in this contract extension, it showed them that as long as you do run that clean program and get guys graduated, that having 10 and three as the ceiling and is, is okay, right? That's, that's all right. And, and so um, I, I think that Ward and, and the rest of the, the athletic department that is in charge there, um, they'll have some decisions to make after this year or after this next year if uh, things are, are not the same. But if, I mean, we'll know for sure if Michigan goes nine and three again and loses to Ohio State and then he's still back in 2022, then yeah, 100%. Mediocrity and being average is, is the standard now. And the ceiling is 10 wins with a, with a close loss to Ohio State. And so um, that's where I think fans and and you and I are, are frustrated because it's we think that it should be so much more. Michigan should be so much more than that. Well, Justin, what you just said is really interesting to me, um, is this idea of what number of wins would it take next year for Ward to not, like, say, hey, Jim, we're buying you out? Um, because if in your scenario right there, if they had a nine and three regular season, say they lost to Ohio State, they don't lose by forty points, but they lose something like, you know, forty nine to twenty eight. So they lose by twenty one points. Um, just because of how this has trended, they lose their bowl game. So they finish the year nine and four. If if at that point with a buyout that goes down by a million bucks, um, Ward Manuel says, All right, Jim, you're back come on back and, 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 and show us what you got in 2022. Then what he is saying is nine and four is good enough, is acceptable at Mich- for Michigan football. And if he doesn't, if, if they get rid of them, then they're saying, you know, after what you've had, seven years, eight years of recruiting, six different uh, scholarship quarterbacks. Actually, I forgot Dan Villari. So um, nine, um, seven different scholarship quarterbacks, that's not good enough. Then that's kind of setting the expectation. And so I'll be very curious. And again, in my hope, it's 10, 11 wins, and he's coming back, and I'm, I'm out there saying, absolutely, bring this guy back. He has, you know, he's made the right moves. He's put the right coordinators in place. He's, he's got this team energized again. I would all be for that. But I think we'll learn next year because I don't, think, I don't expect him to go 11-2. and two. I, I really don't expect him. I hope he doesn't go 5-7 and seven or something like that or, or even 6-6. Six and six. If he goes 6-6, six and six, it's going to be miserable to be a college football fan for Michigan again next year. But I think that's a really interesting point, Justin, of what would be deemed acceptable. And if it is something like 9-4, and four, then, you're, then you're telling everybody mediocrity is okay at Michigan. 
Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> I think that's a tough situation because for most programs, nine and three is fantastic, right? And and it would be honestly, because when you go back to the Lloyd Carr days, how many times did he go nine and three? But nine and three for Lloyd Carr meant beating Ohio State and winning a Big Ten title, right? And so that's mm-hmm. not the case anymore. Ohio State has lost uh, five games in the last 12 years or something or eight years in the last in the in the Big Ten East. And so um, that's where it, it's just it's a different ball game right now. So some of that I feel for Jim Harbaugh because the standard for uh, for Michigan is Ohio State is beating Ohio State. And that's a very tall task. Uh, right. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, it's just uh, it, it just that's what you got to do unless if you're not okay with that, then I think then you're okay with mediocrity. And I don't know how long I can stand here and be this, uh, be a supporter of Michigan football. If Michigan just is okay with being second to none, not even second to none, but being, being second, third, fourth to Ohio state and not coming close to beating them. And so, you know what I'm not excited for now that you taught, you've said the, uh, the uh, deals, you know, that it's one-year deals, basically, is we're going to have to have the same damn conversation over and over again every year about Jim Harbaugh. And I, I want to I, – I, Well, I not necessarily. But I know. It depends on what happens. But it's just, it's just like I want some continuity, so that's why I am excited a little bit about uh, Jim Harbaugh being back. Um, but it's just, you know, it's one of those situations where I think Michigan fans are – are feel like they're stuck in a rut a little bit like all right well now we're kind of just delaying the inevitable if if those are if what you said is the expectations because not too many people believe that they could win those 11 games next year uh and so we may be in the exact same situation year after year if that's the case and so it's going to be interesting to watch it all play out i am like i said earlier very excited i think we can talk uh later this week about uh, what happens with the assistant coaches uh, because I believe those uh, six or seven assistant coaches contracts Mm -hmm. uh, expire today. uh, Correct. And so uh, what Mm -hmm. happens this week will probably uh, be, you know, what, what is going to, it'll solidify what's going to happen for Michigan football uh, for this season, as far as the coaches go. Well, here, here is, as we're, again, we're recording this on Monday morning, the day of the national championship game. Yes, there are a bunch of contracts that are supposed to expire today. I'm expecting them to be renewed um, for probably, um, it'll be interesting to see if they're renewed as one-year deals, as two-year deals. I, I, for continuity's sake, I think you have to renew them for three-year deals. And you have, again, similar to Jim Harbaugh, like low buyouts in there. So maybe it's $100,000 per coach for each buyout. Um, you know, the whole idea that they were going to do this rolling month to month, like that's a terrible idea. Like that, you cannot do that to your recruiting efforts, but you should have assistant coach announcements this week. Uh, You should, in the next couple of weeks, you'll start getting transfer portal stuff, either guys entering the transfer portal or Michigan picking up transfer portal. You can finally kind of say to the 2022 recruits, I'm going to be here for a little while. And so you could pick up some 2022 recruiting. You got Michigan basketball Tuesday night, gigantic game against Wisconsin really looking forward to that we will uh, talk about that a little bit later on in the week we will have national championship talk uh we will have certainly um looking ahead to the NFL Michigan plays a couple of basketball games this week uh so we can uh, talk uh, much more about uh that but uh Justin I do want to come back to something uh in just a, just a minute here but um but you know it's, it's the start of a new week um, and you're probably looking a little bit, if you're like me and you're like my, my wife, you know, maybe you are like us, maybe you're not, maybe you kind of fly by the city of your pants down after night after night, but we kind of look ahead to, you know, what are we going to have for dinner this week? We do our grocery shopping. Uh, we order online and we, you know, we go pick it up from our place and we always put a day or two in there for carry out. Uh, what place are we going to go get carry out from? And, um, you know, one of the ones that, uh, we love to get carry out from, and since I'm in Ann Arbor today, I can get it, uh, is Wolverine State Brewing Company. Uh, great barbecue. Um, they do a lot of very creative things. They've got uh, a meal for everybody. Going to pick up some nachos and bring those home uh, tonight to my wife and also pick up some uh, growlers and crowlers. This week is actually the um, winter beer festival uh, for the Ooh. state of Michigan. And normally they have this at Comstock Park in Grand Rapids and, um, you know, everybody goes out and, and you can, you know, you can get your beers in person. 
Well, if you, uh, you know, if you go to the, the Michigan Brewers Guild, um, you can register and you can uh, jump on there and you can watch the, uh, I think, and participate in the, the beer conference and, and learn much more about it. Um, and for me, it's like I'm going to pick up a couple of growlers uh, from Wolverine, from uh, Salt Springs, from a couple of breweries here in, uh, in town. And while I'm watching the conference, um, I'm watching the, 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 brew, the, the, the beer festival, um, I'm going to uh, have my beverages with me. Um, and so our good friends at, uh, at Wolverine Brewing Company have a great selection of beer right now. And you can learn much more by going to wolverinebeer.com. So, Justin, as we finish up here, um, you know, final thoughts on this contract situation. And, you know, at the end of the day, as I said, you know, I, I didn't want him back. I didn't want him back. I don't think that he fixes the culture problem. Um, but I look at this contract. I look at what, you know, what money is owed to him, what money is not owed to him, what the buyout looks like, the flexibility it provides, the fact that, um, you know, he is going to be, again, is he the 12th best coach in, in the Big Ten that he's being paid this number? No, but, you know, the very least thing, it, it, it takes away all the people saying, like, well, he's overvalued, he's over, you know, he's, he's overpaid and all the different stuff. I mean, he's making four million bucks. You know, probably four hundred and four thousand, four million one hundred fifty thousand, because he'll probably get to APR every year. Um, you know, that's a number that I can live with, and and I really, if he's betting on himself and Michigan's betting on him, I really want to see what he can do in two thousand twenty-one because the weight of the world, the expectations. I mean, they've always been there, but they're on him now. I mean, a, a six and six, a seven and five, and like, see, I get, you know, I'll help you pack the bags. Um, or I'll just throw them out on the curb and the taxi can come get them. Uh, and so he's got to perform at a level that, frankly, um, you know, is, is, is 2016, 2018. You know, both of those years he had one loss going to the Ohio State game. Both those years he had a chance where if he beat Ohio State, he was going to the college football playoff. That, to me, is like where, where this has got to be, is you've got to go into that game with everything on the line, uh, and, you know, we keep on saying you've got to be close, you've got to be close, you've got to be close, um, which is a sad state of where Michigan football is, is that we don't expect Michigan to beat Ohio State. Um, but I thought this, did you read the release, Justin, from Michigan that they put out? Uh, no. Well, yes, I did a little bit, yeah. So in the release, they have the comments from Jim Harbaugh, they have the comments from Ward Manuel, and then they get in Jim Harbaugh's bio, and they mention his record, uh, which uh, is a 69%, you know, 0.690 winning percentage in the Big Ten. It's 0.680. They didn't list those numbers. They just listed his overall. And in the second paragraph of the list of his accomplishments, they list in there that Michigan football came within inches of winning the Big Ten East and going to the Big Ten championship game in 2016, no. falling just short. They literally put in there, came within inches of winning a Big Ten East title. And I thought to myself, if that is not, if that is not the biggest, like, are you kidding me, that Michigan in their official release put that they came within inches, that they said, we almost got there. That's what they were, like, putting in the release. We almost did it, everybody. We almost beat Ohio State. We almost got to a Big Ten title game. I thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, just don't even include it. Just don't include it, folks. But they essentially were saying, like, we're an almost team. We're an almost good enough. We're an almost capable of beating Ohio State. We're almost this. Oh like, God. that has got to change 100,000% in 2021. Michigan can no longer be a program of almost. Because if it is, then we're going to see many more releases in the future where Michigan brags of being almost good enough. Yeah, that that's up there with the uh, making Big Ten East co-champions T-shirts, right? Uh, that, that apparently Jim Harbaugh and the team did in 2018. It's so like those types of things, and from a PR perspective, I I don't know who's making those decisions, but I don't want to trash anybody. But uh, that's a that's a tough look because if I mean the thing is if that makes it around, you know, Michigan is once again kind of. Uh, on the laughing stock of uh, they're the laughing stock of the country because if that is if that is an accomplishment, then I mean I don't know. Then maybe that I mean that is on par with if that's an accomplishment. Then the 
mediocrity and nine and three is definitely the standard, right? Then that if that's the case, because if that's like the ceiling of Michigan football is being able to come within inches of beating Ohio State, then hey, you know what? That's what we got to deal with, Mike, and uh, for the foreseeable future, because um, that is that is not good enough, not good enough, and and that's where I think. I, I side with the fans and, and say, you know what? It's okay to want more. It's okay to be pessimistic and be down about Michigan football when they're putting that out as an accomplishment because that is unbelievable. That is so ridiculous that, that, that they would even include that. So um, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the shift, there needs to be a shift in what's, uh, what's expected of Michigan football. It may not happen right now, but at some point you have to shift and say, you know what? It's championship or bust, and we're not going to be uh, we're not going to be satisfied until that happens. And so it seems like we're just kind of okay with what's going on right now. And I think that for many fans out there, that's really frustrating to watch. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. We'll come back and talk later this week. We'll uh, talk uh, Michigan basketball after their game against Wisconsin, and once we have some clarity on the assistant coach situation for uh, Michigan football. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Kapnick Insurance Group, Frankenmuth Insurance, Wolverine State Brewing Company, Weber's Hotel and Restaurant, and, of course, Lewis Jewelers, where Ann Arbor gets engaged. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Stadium Main Pod um, or individually at Justin Rowe 92 or Michael Spath ITH. Um, if you're listening to this before the national championship game, enjoy some great college football. If you're listening to it afterwards, well, I hope that uh, the result that you had is uh, the result you wanted is the result that you got. This is the Stadium and Main podcast presented by Kapnick Insurance Group, Wolverine State Brewing Company, and Lewis Jewelers.